Las Vegas, famous, fabulous playground of the West. A wide open town that never goes to sleep. Vegas! Vegas, baby, Vegas! You're either in or you're out. Right now. My best mates are going to Las Vegas this weekend. I'm told it's incredible. Las Vegas, here we go! Pack your bags and get ready. You're going to Vegas with someone who knows Vegas inside and out. This is Vegas Never Sleeps with Stephen Maggi, the podcast. Let's face it, it's become your Thanksgiving Day tradition, much like the turkey and the uh, the Thanksgiving Day Macy's Parade. You gotta watch the National Dog Show. It's on NBC every year, and it's a must-see. And we got the guy... The dog's best friend. He's been called the guy who invented dogs, David Fry. David, so great to have you here. Is this kind of your Super Bowl of the year? Thank you, Stephen. Yeah, well, yes, it is. I've been involved in doing dog shows on TV for 30 years. Um, NBC has taken this dog show with the Kennel Club of Philadelphia, made it into the national dog show for airing on Thanksgiving Day right after the Macy's Parade. And we have, last year, we had about 25 million people watch this dog show. It's unbelievable. Well, people just love it. I think because we love dogs, number one. And there's something about it, the way it's presented on NBC, the way you guys do it, it's it's enough information that even if you're not into that whole world of dog shows and so forth, you can really enjoy it. Well, it's we edited into a two-hour show for for entertainment, of course. And and, uh, we can't show you every single dog. Dog shows takes six, seven, eight hours to, to, to stage. So we can't get everybody in there, but we get a lot of them in there and a lot of the different breeds and varieties. There's 178 entered at this year's show. And so we get to show you probably half of them. Well, we're going to show you all of them in some fashion, but we devote some serious time to the dogs that are in the finals. And uh, that's always a great fun. We try and vary that every year. So, yeah, we have fun. We kind of look at it as an educational process for people to learn about the different breeds. You know, hey, what's the deal on that poodle haircut? So things (laughs) like that. We have fun with that. And the broadcast team, I love you guys. I mean, John O'Hurley is just so great. And you guys look like you're having fun there, which, which makes it all the more enjoyable to watch. Well, thank God, because we've been together 19 years now. It's, uh, it's, it's amazing. I've got a lot of relationships in my world that have not lasted that long. And, um, but John's fun, and, and we'll be sitting there, and, and he's learned a lot about the dogs. But, you know, he's a professional. He's an entertainer. He's a professional. Uh, he was involved in some little serial uh, some little comedy show uh, <laughs> called Seinfeld before he got to me and I made him famous through the dog show. So we'll be sitting there every once in a while and he'll say something and, and, and I'll say, that wasn't John O'Hurley, that was Peterman. I said, where's Jerry? Where's where's Kramer? Where's George? Where are the, where are they? I feel like I'm on a show. But um, yeah, we do have a good time about it because it's entertaining. Who doesn't look at a dog and smile? You know, that's, yeah, really what it's all about. Well, that's really true. Now, it's hosted by the Kennel Club of uh, Philadelphia. It goes back, to, as I understand it, to the 1800s. Is that right? They uh, had their first show back in the 1870s and, and had shows sporadically, but started doing a show every year in, in the 30s, in the 1930s. So they've been around a long time and uh, got some great history, of course, back in uh, back in Philadelphia. And uh, so it, it's a fun show because they're serious about their show and we're serious about our dogs. But at the same time, uh, we know it's entertainment and, and we're all having a good time. 
So there's a lot of dog breeds out there, over 200, and you got seven different groups. So can you kind of just kind of run us through those different groups and how they differentiate? Sure. Well, let's talk about how the dog show works. You know, we have, it's like an advancing bracket in sports. You know, think March Madness. The, the first level of competition, these, we, have, we usually have an entry of 2,000 dogs. They're divided into as many as 208 different breeds and varieties. They compete first. All the dogs compete first at the breed level. And those breeds come to us, those 208 breeds and varieties come to us in seven different groups. So first of all, we're going to have competition at 208 different, different breeds. So the breed winner then advances into its group. The Irish setter is chosen to be best of breed, advances into the sporting group where it competes against other breed winners like the English setter or the English cocker or the cocker spaniel um, um, and other sporting dogs. And then, uh, so we have seven groups. So those 208 winners advance into seven different groups. Uh, the sporting group, the hound group, the working group, the terrier group, the toy group, the non-sporting group, and and the herding group. So now those guys are competing against other breeds, different breeds from their same group. And we pick a winner of each group. So we have seven group winners. They advance to best in show where a best in show judge picks one of them to be best in show. And that's the ultimate winner. We've come, we've come down from 2000 dogs to one at the very end. And it's, um, Wow. Thing of beauty. Well, yeah, but how does like a Chihuahua compete with, <laughs> with a German Shepherd? I, 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 it's a matter of, I guess, a certain criteria that goes across the breeds, right? So I'm just wondering how you compare the two. Well, each breed has a written description of the ideal specimen of that breed. It's called a standard, and it usually is relating form to function, what a dog was bred to do originally. It should be built to do that job. And, and, and in, like in the hound group, we have the Irish wolfhound, the, the biggest breed of all, uh, competing against the dachshund. Well, you can't compare an Irish wolfhound to a dachshund. You can compare the Irish wolfhound to the ideal Irish wolfhound, the perfect Irish wolfhound in your mind. And, and then you compare the dachshund to the perfect dachshund and you see which one of them is, is a better representative of their breed. And that's how you're going to determine the placement at that point in time. And, and uh, it, it can vary. I mean, the doctor can win some days and the Irish Wolfhound can win other days. So uh, the judge has to use what's in that standard, has to be able to imagine them doing the job they were bred to do, and picks the winner accordingly. Now, David, I have to ask you an embarrassing question, but when, I, when they heard you were going to be on the show, they said, you got to ask it. So I said, okay. There's always the picture, and, we, and it's usually, it seems like it's an older lady, and they check the undercarriage. What exactly are they checking there? <laughs> the undercarriage. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, the original purpose of dog shows was to identify superior breeding stock. So, so to choose the, the dogs to make the next generation of dogs. And so uh, the, dogs, the dogs have to be whole. As we say, so a male dog can't be neutered. It has to have both of it has to have all the equipment back there, and it has to be in, in normal shape and condition. So that's what they're doing back there. They don't spend a lot of time back there, but. <laughs> But they're just making sure everything's in place, and that's part of the deal. Now you know the dogs. People see them, and they're just such beautiful dogs. And another question people ask is, are, do these dogs have a chance to have fun? You know, like like the other dogs wagging their tail and running around because. So much is expected of them when they're going through these trials. Well, they're having fun because they're there with the people that they love, and they're doing things for the people that they love. 
And, 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 you know, I always try to tell people that these are real dogs and we're real people in this great family sport. Uh, our dogs do the same thing at home during the week that your dogs do. I mean, they steal food off the counters. They shed on our dark clothes. They <laughs> probably even take a drink out of the toilet every once in a while. But they, we just dress them up a little bit, so to speak, on the weekends and take them to dog shows. And they go to the dog shows and they have fun because they're there with their people. They're there showing off for everybody. And they are having a good time. If they're not having a good time, it's not going to be fun for you, the handler, either. So you're either going to find a different dog to bring or uh, or find another activity. So that's what it's all about. Real dogs, real people. Well, you've been in this a long time. You must like the people that do, that do these shows. They have to be a special breed. I mean, they got to be animal lovers and perfectionists, I would imagine. This is a sport like any other. There's winners and losers. It's very competitive. Uh, I will say that uh, that there are very talented people presenting these dogs. And the thing is that you may see them in the dog show ring and the judge may see them in the dog show ring for two minutes or three minutes. But it's a lifetime of dedication by these people in terms of training and conditioning and grooming uh, uh, to get the dog ready to be in competition. And and, uh, we have some very talented people who who have to be able to know everything there is to know about each breed so that they know what the strong points of their dog may be so that they can make sure the dog, the judge notices those things. But the best handlers really are invisible anyway. We, we, you know, they just kind of have to stay out of the way of the dog and not distract from the presentation. So, but they're hardworking people, the professional handlers, the owner handler really is the heart and soul of our sport. Somebody who owns and handles uh, their, their own dog. So now we have a lot of fun on many different levels. It's a silly question, but is the name important? I mean, there's no rovers or spots out there. <laughs> no, but we get a lot of dogs that are named after, like, song titles. You know, uh, what did I see one? I can't, I can't drive 55. Um, <laughs> that's great, Sammy Hager. That's right. I had a dog named uh, Champion Stormhills Who's Zoom and Who. That's an Aretha Franklin song. We were going to make her call name Aretha. You know, in in, in uh, honor of Aretha Franklin and that great song. So you see a lot of songs like that. There are also sometimes where there's a name and you don't know what it is, and they say it's an inside story, and I can't tell you. <laughs> so, so it's fun. But, you know, the registered name with the AKC is limited, I think, now to 30 different uh, letters and characters. And uh, then, but you're not going to call a dog, hey, hey, Storm Hills, who's zooming who? Come on over here. It's going to be, hey, Zoomy, come on over. Aretha, come on over. So, um, so we have that that flexibility. The breeds are really interesting, too. I mean, we've seen different breeds all of a sudden become accepted by the AKC. I know you've got three new ones this year, and I kind of want to just run through them. I find this fascinating. The Barbet, B-A-R-B-E, the French dog, and the word actually, Barbet actually comes from the French word for beard, but it's a dog, it's a French water dog, sporting dog uh, that that uh, is loaded with black curly hair, and even uh, the parent club says the dog looks like a Muppet. And so it's one of our newly eligible breeds this year. The other is the Dogo Argentino, which is a, a substantial hunting dog that was bred to, to hunt uh, wild boar. So you can imagine that it is a substantial, serious dog. And then the third dog that's eligible uh, this year is the Belgian Lacanois, which is a, one of four Belgian breeds that are herding dogs, but used a lot in police work and, and security work in, in uh, Belgium and other places closely related to the Malinois, the Belgian Tribune, and the Sheepdog. 
So um, those three dogs, we call them new breeds, but they're breeds that have been around in other parts of the world for a long time. It's just that now, finally, in this country, for the AKC to make them eligible to compete in dog shows, there have to be enough of them. They have to have a geographic distribution. They can't all live on a farm in Tumwater. And, and uh, they need a parent club to watch over them and take care of them. Have we seen hybrids that all of a sudden have become AKC breeds? Does that happen very often? There's a number of breeds that got their, their start that way. But basically, you know, you have to be breeding a, a purebred dog to a purebred dog. But, but there's a, the Chesky Terrier, for example, was recently recognized maybe 10 years ago. But it's, it was a product of Scotty's being bred to Celium Terriers. And, and eventually, it's, it's like the question always comes up with golden doodles. They say, when are you going to recognize golden doodles? I say, well, we have to, the dogs have got to be at the point where they're reproducing true, where it, what, you can't just breed a golden to a poodle because you're going to get products that are always look, that always look different. I've never met a golden doodle that didn't have the greatest temperament and personality, which is understandable with those two breeds, but they all look different. And, and we, we have no way of judging them. We talked about the Britain standard that describes them. You know, how tall is a mixed breed like that supposed to be? Well, you can't say that because they're all different sizes. They all have different kinds of coat. They all have, you know, different bodily body uh, shape and things. So eventually you got to be breeding golden doodles to golden doodles to get golden doodle puppies and hope that they all look alike so that you know the, the best thing about purebred dogs that we talk about for dog shows is their predictability. I know this little four-pound ball of fluff, if it's a Pomeranian, it's going to grow up to look much different than the four-pound ball of fluff that's an Akita, even though they might look somewhat similar when they're puppies. uh, You need to know because if you're buying a puppy and and they tell you it's going to grow up to be 20 pounds and it grows up to be 70, um, that might be too much for you to handle. And, And the predictability is important in finding the right dog, for your family and for your lifestyle and, and being able to to be ready for that. Well, that's a fascinating part of this, David. People have to realize when they watch the dog show that, yeah, those are great dogs and they'd be fun to pet and all that, but this is a sport. And there, it, it really it has different set of rules. So just because a dog is particularly nice or seems smart doesn't necessarily mean they're a great show dog. Well, it's also a matter of personal preference. I mean, these dogs are judged by three different individuals during the course of the day. If they go all the way to best of show, they've got to impress the breed judge so they become best of breed. They've got to impress the group judge to win the group, and they have to impress the best in show judge to go best in show. And we all have different preferences, and we may interpret those standards a little differently. I, my original breed was Afghan hounds that I got involved with showing, and we have our, our breed's a large breed, so there can be a lot of variation and some subtle variations in, in these dogs. But we used to say, uh, this person's a headhunter. They like beautiful heads. This person's a movement judge. They like a dog that moves well, and they might forgive a head that's not quite what we all want it to be. So, uh, so there's a lot of room for individual interpretation like that. We call it an artist. You've got to be equal parts artist and engineer. You have to have a, a, a beautiful picture, good balance, all the breed traits in the right place. And an engineer means that you, you want to make sure all the angles are right and the dog is the right size exactly and things like that. So there's always room. A different judge may judge the same group of dogs and put up different winners the next day. So. Well, as I guess people are figuring out by listening to you, you're not just the voice of the the hound, but you're also a breeder, owner. You've done all that stuff. You mentioned Afghan hounds. I know you did Britney's. 
I want to talk to you about the other breed that you did because I have uh, my best friend has one and they're a fascinating dog and that's the Cavalier King Charles Spaniels. Really smart dogs. They're so good looking sometimes that they almost don't look real. They uh, are beautiful. They look like little stuffed animals, but you know they're a toy dog. Um, they have a great temperament and personality. I'm very involved with therapy dog work, and my dog Angel uh, was was part of uh, part of my charity called Angel on a Leash. She just passed uh, in February at the age of 13, but she had done great things as a therapy dog, visiting the Ronald McDonald House in New York City for kids with cancer, visiting uh, the Memorial Sloan Kettering Cancer Center in New York City that uh, constantly coming with me occasionally to, um, to the VA hospital when my other dog, Grace, who normally visited the VA hospital, uh, couldn't come. So um, they do a lot of great things in that respect, too. But a lot of dogs can do those things, and we hope that we can keep them going. Well, that is a great charity. We'll, we'll tell people how they can get involved with that before we go. But dogs do seem to have the capability to bring smiles to people's faces. And they can go in the hospital. And, and I don't know what it is. Is it an instinct they have or something? It can bring the best out of people. They're just wonderful that way. It, it is pretty amazing. But, you know, a dog walks into the room and the energy changes. And it can be a hospital room. It can be with kids in a gathering it can be at a school or it can be with my veterans at the VA hospital uh, lying on their back in bed, that uh, that the dogs just can make a difference because people can relate to the dog. Uh, they'll see the dog and they'll smile. That's the starting point. But it gets, you know, it can go up beyond that. They get the, the tactile part of touching them and petting them and stuff, which is you know, which is kind of tough for us to do right now. But uh, we're, we're doing some of that virtually. It's hard to believe, but... Um, yeah. So the dogs can change people's lives. I, I, we've touched a lot of people with our dogs and, and helped the healing process. You interact with a dog and your blood pressure goes down. The science has shown that. Your heart rate slows. Your, your respiratory rate slows. The, the flow of the good hormones, the endorphins, increases. Um, there's a lot of things that happen with the dog. Or uh, my dog, Grace, we visit the VA hospital every Wednesday in New York City, and she helped with PT, the physical therapist and the occupational therapist, who were helping teach guys how to use their new prosthetic limbs. And, and, and Grace would help them with that stuff. So. That is fantastic. You know, just take one dog and you'll feel a whole lot better. And, I, you know, if people want to get into this, so it's, first of all, they want to get into the world of show dogs and so forth, any suggestions for them? Because it, it's a real commitment. It's not just, well, I'll, I'll go get a good dog from a good breeder and go to a show. It's a lot more. Go to a dog show. Go to a dog show. See the dogs. Talk to the breeders. Um, the Kennel Club of Philadelphia that puts on the National Dog Show, that, that show is normally benched where the dogs have to be in a certain area when they're not being shown. We couldn't do it this year because of all the, all the pandemic rules. But um, get there, you can see all the beagles lined up in one place on a bench when they're not being shown. And, uh, and you can talk to the breeders and the owners. You can find out things about the breed. You can see if maybe it fits your family. But that's, um, that's part of what we do with dog shows is try to educate the the, the general public about uh, about the breeds and helping them find the right dog for them and their family. Well, the big one, of course, is in Thanksgiving. That's kind of the Super Bowl of this, the, the dog, the National Dog Show. Uh, there's a couple of others you cover, though, right, on uh, a couple of the big networks that draw a lot as well. Well, I did the Westminster Dog Show on USA Network for 27 years. I started doing that in 1990 and then stepped over to, do, to add uh, the National Dog Show 
uh, on NBC. NBC owned the USA Network. Uh, so there was a natural connection there. But when Westminster's contract was up um, with with the USA Network and they moved to Fox, they wanted me to come with. NBC wanted me to stay with them. And uh, and I chose to stay with NBC. It's, it's been a great thing in my life to be involved with it, the NBC guys. Um, so anyway, th- yeah, and I've done a few other shows. I've gotten involved with but the main thing that I've gotten involved with is the therapy dog work. And the, this, I have a great platform because of all the people that watch our dog shows. I have a great platform to talk about therapy dog work and encourage people to get involved and do things with their dog that, that are good for other people. And it gives you an activity with your dog, the dog that you love, that you can get out and volunteer in, in any kind of place. There's a lot of places you can ex- extend care. You can go to hospitals. You can be involved with kids. Depending on your dog, your dog has to have the right temperament for it too. So, um, but I think the, the natural thing with dogs is to be wagging that tail and be happy. Absolutely. Let's tell people how they can get involved with Angel on a Leash. You can go to the website angelonaleash.com. And, and we uh, had a 501c3 in New York City. And when I moved back to here to the West Coast in Seattle and in Oregon, that uh, I turned that over to it. A gentleman named Steve Kramer who's carrying on and doing great for us. But it's Angel on a Leash, all one word, dot com. And you can find out about that. If you want to find out about uh, the the, uh, the Kennel Club of Philadelphia, um, we do uh, we do this dog show every year. So it's it's uh, actually the National Dog Show dot com on um, online. Mm-hmm. And you can find out about our show, and you can find out about the Kennel Club of Philadelphia and the other things that happen with NBC. But we're on uh, from noon until 2 on Thanksgiving Day on NBC. Uh, we say it's dogs until 2. Don't let the remote fall into the hands of those football people. Um, <laughs> and then and then it repeats. We repeat on Saturday night at, at 8 o'clock. Uh, nice. Uh, the, so if you got money on the game th- Thursday, you can still watch the thing on Saturday. <laughs> it's good. <laughs> and one you got several options. One last thing, David. This year is a little different because of the pandemic, but uh, it's kind of changed a little bit of what's going to happen there. Is that right? Is that, like, there no crowd this time? Well, you know, no spectators. So we did the same thing that uh, many of the pro football teams and baseball teams have done. We do, we have cutouts in our stands. You know, I had uh, I'm a season ticket holder for the Seattle Mariners up here. I have four cutouts in my office right now that just came back to me from T-Mobile Park here in <laughs> Seattle of my four dogs that I've had over the years. So we did the same thing with our dog show for charity and went to the AKC Pet Disaster Relief Fund, uh, the proceeds for, for buying your cutout. And, uh, and that's, our, that's, our, that's our audience this year. They're not quite as loud as our normal crowd. We usually have you know, 10, 12, 15,000 people watching the dog show in person. So uh, that's the first thing you'll probably notice. Um, the dogs don't notice, and when you're watching the competition, it's not gonna look that different. Uh, it'll just maybe be a little quieter. Yeah, we'll see what we do about the, no- the noise level. But um, the judges are wearing masks. The handlers are wearing masks. The dogs, of course, are not. But we're practicing social distancing everywhere, and, and, and even with the dogs and the people. So, um, so we think you'll notice the difference. We want it to be a safe and healthy environment and event for for the people in our sport and the people who are involved with staging it. So. Um, we think we've done a good job of that with the Kennel Club of, C- of uh, Philadelphia. David Fry, thank you so much. Please come back. We want to talk more dogs with you. <laughs> Let's do it again, Stephen. Thank you so much. You've been great. Thanks for having me on.
Hi, this is Dr. Annette of The Dr. Annette Show. We've been talking today about COVID-19 and steps you can take to possibly prevent or mitigate infection. Silver and zinc have been used for centuries as disinfectants and as antimicrobials. We're offering you this special discount to make it easier and more affordable to get these essential silver and zinc liquid mineral supplements. Visit our website at www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Once again, that's www.elementalresearchinc.com and use promo code VEGAS20 to get 20% off silver and zinc products. Professional line not included. We are all in this together and we can get through this. Learn more at elementalresearchinc.com and use the promo code VEGAS20. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.